Hello, my name is Warren. I've always loved stuff. As a kid, I'd play with Thundercats, Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, Masters of the Universe, and A-Team figures, then neatly put them back on display on a chest of drawers next to my tropical fish tank. I've kept some objects from my childhood and gathered more over the years. Inspired by Oxford's Pitt Rivers Museum, I've housed some of my collection, old and new, in the shed at the end of my garden. I would like to invite you into my shed so we can chat about the things that we treasure and draw memories and strength from. Through these objects, I hope to learn more about all of you and myself. Welcome to our podcast, What's in Your Shed? This is the fifth episode, so if you've been listening to the other episodes, welcome back. And if this is your first, welcome to you. I hope you enjoy it. You may have noticed that it's just me filling the spaces with my stories and ramblings. Although I'm enjoying this platform to cast my voice into the spaces around us, I look forward to sharing conversations with my neighbours and friends. So when this lockdown is over, I look forward to inviting my first guest into the shed. Maybe by then, all the practice will have paid off and I'll be able to create a space where my guests can feel comfortable and confident to share stories about the stuff that they love. Wow, I've always thought it sounds a bit weird. I, I think I need to pre-record all of that and, and just tag it on somehow. I, I, I need to learn how to use all that software to, to sort of insert bits. But I, I suppose if I start doing that, we we might lose some of the, the natural organic feel. And I get really nervous, like reading that first bit out, and then I have to transition into the flow of, of, of just talking about stuff. But we'll get there. This is the fifth episode, and I think I should be able to do it by now. I think I get nervous because I care so much. I absolutely love doing this. It's like this creative energy welling up inside of me, and I, I, I just feel I have to do it. So that's... That's why you may recognize there's episodes that there's not many gaps, but the gaps are quite small between the episodes. So I do one and then I get a kind of a, a great buzz off it. And I, I, I've, I've enjoyed doing it so much and coming up with all the ideas and doing the research has been so good. And then I have that buzz afterwards and then I, then I get a sudden worry and think, what am I going to do next? And then, then before I know it, the next idea is coming in. And, and that's because I've realized that most of the conversations that, that I have, I, I wouldn't like to comment on all people, but most of the conversations that I have, and I think a lot of people, is based around objects and places, how we kind of tie our narratives together through objects and, and places. So... I don't think there's going to be a shortage. I'm looking around my shed now and there's there's simply so many things that that we could talk about and and when when people come into to the shed to to visit and hopefully join in with the podcast they can bring in something they love and and we can talk about that. So I don't think there's going to be any shortage of of ideas here. So I'm I'm looking forward to many many more. I can't wait. So last episode, um, I, I failed to respond to the the first question I got, and I think in, in previous episodes I was saying it would be so lovely if people could 
send in their questions or or and I was trying to figure out a way to do that I've I've struggled with Twitter I've I've just today um ignited my Instagram account and I'm pretty clueless I I think I need one of those um Instagram for Instagram for dummies books I'm sure there's one out there but I'll I'll keep keep going away at it and actually first impression it's it's much more pleasing on the eye than than Twitter. It's it's much much less hectic at the moment, and I enjoy looking at pictures more. So, um, and there seems to be less less traffic, less like kind of noise going on. So I'll, I'll stick with that. And actually, this question came from um, a, a WhatsApp message. My wife Joe sent a link for the podcast to a friend of ours. Um, her name's Hannah. She lives just down the road and her kids go to the same school as as my kids and um yeah so this question came came through whatsapp and if you do have questions i'd love to to have a look at them so each episode i'll i'll look at them at the start right here and you can send me questions I, i gave my email address last time that seems a bit clunky but hey it it may work so it will work if you send the message but i don't know if that's what people are doing emails but um uh, so so i'll look at let's have a look at hannah's question and it is a blinder and i'm so whoa <laughs> there it goes oh no no <laughs> i don't okay great Oh, I managed to delete that. That's weird. Off notes. Okay. I knew something odd was going up, but I love that theme tune, don't you? It is beautiful. So I should have let it play through, actually. Um, so where was I? Yes. So the WhatsApp message. I picked up my phone and pressed something, and it started playing the the theme tune, and then I managed to delete it. I'm sure you get a warning before you delete something. Like, you can't just press it once and it's gone. Luckily, I've got another copy somewhere on my computer, and I will sort that out so let's have a look i'm scanning through uh there we go so it was it was so good to to get this this message and i think in in the second or third episode i was looking at the the stats for the podcast and i could see zero listens zero audience and um oh yeah i guess i, di- I didn't mind too much but now that now that people are listening and and we're getting interaction it's just making me more excited so so here goes here's hannah and thank you so much hannah for for sharing that that message um it it just made my day and and your your encouragement and your words mean so much and it's just inspired me to to do more of this so thank you thank you here goes it's it's beautifully written and Actually, it looks like Hannah understands this this thing better than me. So here goes. Great work on the podcast. I love how natural and conversational it is, and your passion for the things you are sharing really comes across. It resonated with me because during the lockdown, I've been thinking much more about the personal value of the physical things I own and consume. The personal value of an object is so at odds with how retailers try to attach value to objects, for example by cultivating luxury brands and making things artificially expensive. I really feel there's never been a better time to ditch this fake consumer idea of what is valuable and instead look at our own meaningful relationships with objects and their true value to us, which is exactly what you're doing. Anyway, I'd like to know if the shed was on fire, God forbid, what would you grab first let's assume in these stressful times that you can eventually rescue everything 
What a lovely question. Thank you, Hannah. So I was all prepared to, to answer this in the last episode, and I clean forgot. So so here it is. I said I would I would answer it or have a go, and um very, very happy to do so. So I was, I was thinking about it, and there's so many lovely things I've got I've got in here. I've got a cabinet with a nice little glass sliding door on the front and there's there's loads of little toys in there. There's Master of the Universe, Ninja Turtles, Smurfs, Simpsons toys, uh Thundercats, uh, all sorts of stuff. I absolutely adore all those things. I've also got um well, let, let, let me get, let me get to let me get to the point because we don't want to be here all night. So there was a couple of things. One of them is my Zippo lighter. It's a brass Zippo lighter from. It's dated underneath. You can you can figure out the date on a Zippo lighter. Where is it? Oh, I was going to look at the base of it, but you can look at the, you can look underneath where it says "Made in USA" and and all that stuff. Let me just walk over there and see if I can see if I can locate it. Uh, maybe maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, I'm not sure this time. Anyway, it was the date on it is 2001 and it's a July 2001. That's pretty much the year when I started teaching. I think it was then. Yeah, around about then. Um I think the school term started in September, so I started teaching at a secondary school in the July of 2001. So that's Zippo, it's a lovely brass Zippo. It's got a, a beautiful patina on it. It's been worn nicely. And it's it's just got such a lovely feel. I can hold it in my hand. It's weighty. You can tell it's going to last forever. You can replace the the flints and the wick, and just a, it's just a classic, classic item made in the USA, and iconic too. It features in so many films, and I think even westerns have them. I, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think there was. There was the use of the the Zippo lighter quite a lot, so that would have been like fifties, I think, in in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, my Zippo lighter, ironic because a lighter causes fire, um, but but I'd I'd like to save that. And I've recently got this lovely fleece um, made by a company called Columbia, and it's like a camo purple, a mustard light blue camo kind of effect fleece. And um, I think I'd want to grab that. That's hanging over the, the chair back there. So I'd want to grab those two things. But but saying that, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I I don't think I'd be that devastated because again, although I I love these things in my shed and in the house and all of that, they're all material things and. I'm sure we could build up again and you know they've created those memories and those could never be taken away. So overall I'm not too precious. Um I think there would be a huge mess afterwards because I've got quite a lot of vinyl records that would be quite interesting to see them all melted. I wonder if they'd melt in a big gloopy blob running across the floor. But anyway that's that's such a a great question. Thank you very very much Hannah. So last um podcast um well this this is going to be the section what happened last time so so what happened last time we spoke about Arnie and the Arnold Schwarzenegger and the the scrapbook I had made so my Arnold Schwarzenegger book 
And I, I've been thinking about that one, and that's an item that's really special to me, and I suppose a lot of people could relate because they know of Arnold Schwarzenegger, they may have watched films of him, or they may have known him in his politics, or or whatever the, the case may be. But I've realized that um, it's not like the the Russell Spinner yo-yo, for example, which I did in the first episode, or the Sony Walkman cassette player, where people can actually like may have had one, and so so that was quite a different episode. I enjoyed doing it. It was a really personal one, quite early on, which was or, or took quite a lot lot to do. I, I suppose afterwards, I felt that I had I had really dug deep into when I was a lot younger so when I was like from the age of 12 I suppose and 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 that was quite a quite an interesting episode I enjoyed doing that one but again it wasn't like the object everyone can relate to so sorry about that if if you missed that that connection bit so anyway that was the episode we did last time and I I did a recommendation at the end and uh, the recommendation was recording of sounds and you know you can record a sound and keep it in your phone or some digital format and even though it's digital it's still an object it's still something that we can grow attached to and love and and get meaning from so i uh, recorded something for you and i will play it right now So that's a, a lucky cat that I have in the front room on the windowsill and it's got a little solar panel. So our house is east facing so the sun rises from the east from the back of the house goes kind of around the side kind of over and then this is in the in the springtime early summer and then it sets through the the front room window and the little solar panel of that lucky cat gets loads of energy and the arm moves moves quite nicely and you can hear in that sound the little click 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 and then in the background uh, my kids were watching telly they were watching the simpsons and while i was sitting in the front room i was i was tinkering around on my my guitar bass guitar which i got which will probably feature in a, a later episode it's a, a fairly new purchase i'm teaching myself how to play that bass guitar and i was sitting there and tuned up the guitar and then i heard this tick 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 and that that hand moving up and down and then i could hear the tv in the background and i thought you know this is like those uh, those films you know tarantino does it where there's an old television set in the background and you can hear like cartoons on or something going on maybe like a a quiz show or something where there's people laughing and clapping or some canned laughter maybe and th this um sound in the background reminded me of pulp fiction when captain coons goes to visit the young butch coolidge when he he gives him that gold watch and butch is sitting watching that program and I think there's a 
there's like funny mouths you see it's all cartoon but the mouth is like a, a human kind of wet mouth and it's moving um i i remember that quite clearly so that that was my recording and i'll hang on to that maybe it will i'll be able to use it at some point well i've I've used it here i've put it on this this podcast i, I think it was quite soft but maybe you'll get it here and i i i hope some of you managed to to do some recordings or just enjoy listening to them and i was also thinking about this whole recording sound thing that i mean music's so important of course but we're so ready to snap photos of of things like when we go on walks and stuff and photos of family and sunsets and trees and insects and leaves or, or whatever there is which are all all fantastic and then sometimes i forget about the the audio stuff so this is a new way to to record some of those sounds well tonight's episode we move on to the my story section where we get into the kind of the the topic of the the episode and tonight i have dug out all my delorean motor vehicle toys and i'm just moving over to this uh chair that they're sitting on and i'll bring them across to my my sofa and whoops i dropped oh there that that was a little one there i'm just moving over so i've got three deloreans in a box and then another delorean in a separate box and then i've got a a hot wheels delorean which hasn't got its box i think the kind of the glue like dries up and then that bubble that plastic bubble that covers it like just falls off but i've still got it um the box somewhere uh, but i quite like having the the car out quite a lot of this stuff if i pick up any new stuff i i tend to leave it in the box my kids hate it they're always like daddy when are you gonna play with that it was so funny um anya came into the shed and she she spies um my lotso from toy story so he's the the lotso hugging bear and he's that like purple bear with the is it purple like a pinkish kind of purple he's got purple eyebrows purple nose but he's still in his box and um anya saw on the front that it says lotso in big capital letters and then in a circle it says i'm a hugger and she's only six and she said to me daddy you really need to take a lotso out the out the box and i was like no anya i'm gonna leave it in there it's like a collector thing you know i just like it in the box i can never fully explain why but i kind of try my best and I, she said well you you need to take it out because it says on there i'm a hugger and he needs a hug broke my heart so it's probably going to need to come out the box because i'll do anything for that little girl so maybe <laughs> maybe i'll have to snip the little plastic ties at the back and just set him free i might need to do that anyway sidetracked again sorry about that so i've got the delorean toys here and of course many of you know the delorean from the back to the future films and there's three films so this box here that i have i've got the the time machine trilogy pack and unopened i have opened this pack before and and slid them all out all the cars are still attached to the board on the bottom so you can see I, I rattle the the case and they they stay put there and i've got one car from each of the films so starting from the left i've got the the delorean from back to the future and then the 
one from Back to the Future 2 and then Back to the Future 3 and it looks like the only things that have changed in the vehicle is the the tires so in Back to the Future 3 they got these kind of like 50s Cadillac tire replacement things on there and the the flux capacitor comes in at the the Back to the Future 2 and it's still on there on Back to the Future 3 and then in this pack the the surface that the car's on has changed so back to the future the first one i always say back to the future the first one i feel uncomfortable just saying back to the future because that kind of to me refers to the whole trilogy anyway so back to the future vehicle is on a normal tarred road and you can see like flames on the road fire and then the the back to the future 2 one is on again a tarred road but it's got some bluish haze kind of on the road which makes it look futuristic <laughs> the car looks futuristic anyway and then the third one of course it's on on gravel because there's no there's no roads back in the, the 1800s in in america i think i think the 1800s i hope no one goes and checks these facts and sees they may be wrong i'm not very good at all the dates and stuff but yeah that one where there weren't many roads and then of course back to the future too they were going where there were no roads so the the wheels moved to the side it was such a such a treat to to watch those films as a kid and then and as an adult absolutely love them and then the the other back to the future toy is on its own and it's got a little compartment next to it with with doc brown and this is a corgi one and on the back you've got three scenes from from the film the one where they're in that big car park and the car's like spinning back in and it's like covered in ice i've always loved deloreans i think watching the film for the first time i watched it with with my cousin if i remember correctly and the things we were taken by was the beauty of that car i don't know what it is i think i like the sharp angles of it because um, I think only recently cars are getting those sharp angles back. The, the the shapes of cars have changed dramatically and they've all gone into these like soft curves. But the kind of harshness of the the car is great. It's like kind of a, a, a bit of a weightier Lotus Esprit type thing. I'm not, I'm not a car man, you may have guessed. Uh, but I do I do love looking at certain cars. There's just I, I can't really tell you what it is, but this DeLorean has that and it's got those gullwing doors that lift up and i've only just realized what why gullwing such a good word and i think this is correct because if you look at a gull like a seagull they've got that shape of wings when they kind of arch up and they're quite sharp and they they sort of pin down again but yeah i can see where they got the word gullwing doors so those those are great and of course the body of the the delorean is made of stainless steel so it's got that beautiful like brushed steel shine to it um and i i so so yeah i watched that film with with my cousin and and i was saying the two things that we that we really liked was the the car obviously and then the skateboard so it was almost like the film showed us how skateboarding was invented so it was first started as a scooter and then michael j fox marty mcfly rips that that handlebar off and he's off on the skateboard so eugene who's my cousin and i we we managed to convince our parents to take us to this big like place called macro it's a big warehouse kind of store like probably a bit like costco huge you needed a card to go as a member and you bought stuff in bulk and we got skateboards there so um back to the future 
inspired me to love skateboarding and also to love little cars not little cars I could never afford a DeLorean so I was as a kid obviously not but I'd, I'd have to I, I just got into cars little cars so I, I suppose we'll talk about those too um in in a bit uh, but I remember going to Utah in in America in it was 1997 I I left South Africa and I went to, to visit my brother who had got a tennis scholarship in in Utah at, at a university there called Weber State University and I, I went to visit and I, I had a year open ticket so I left South Africa on this ticket and first stop was uh, Salt Lake City and then drive up from Salt Lake City driving north to Weber State University and my brother took me into to university one day we were he was going to go in and uh, do some some of his tennis training and I was going to go in and use use the gym while he was busy there and we pulled up in the car park and there was a DeLorean in the car park of the university grounds and I I think if I remember correctly the number plate may have even been DMC so DeLorean Motor Corporation I think and I just couldn't believe my eyes. I'd seen Back to the Future and I was like, this is incredible. It was a little bit beaten up, but it was a DeLorean. I'd never seen one before. And not surprisingly, because I think it says I found this fact here. I don't know how many when production stopped. We might find out in the next section. I've got I've got some notes here, but so as of two thousand and seven, about six and a half thousand DeLorean cars were thought to still exist. So I suppose in 1997, there may have been a few more, but but not loads, not loads at all. Um, and also forgot to mention that I, I was just so inspired by that rear engine. And I had a, eventually got a Beetle, a VW Beetle. It was a 1969 model and it had the engine in the back and I always thought it makes sense you know if you want to power something that pushes forward you've got to get the power in the back most cars today have that engine in the front so that's another interesting feature about that that car so anyway we saw this this DeLorean and I, I took some photographs and this was before we had mobile phones and you could store them digitally and I, I had I took the photos got them developed and I, I've just can't find them I've dug everywhere I might be able to find some negatives somewhere and pull those out that would be awesome if I could um, so we went on from from the car park into the gym and my brother said cheers I'll see you later I'm going to go to my tennis practice and he showed me the direction of the gym and I went into the gym and went down into the locker room started getting changed and I had just come from South Africa where uh, we just didn't wear boxer shorts. They were like those those wide front things. It seems really strange, but they were just not boxer shorts. Were just not seen. Everyone wore those little wide front tanga type briefs, whatever they're called. And I was getting changed in the locker room, and this uh, it was just me in there, and then this this really tall basketball player because they they had a basketball practice the the courts were right next to the the change rooms and the gym and everything was there and he looked at me and I was in my undies and he went nice panties 
and I just couldn't believe it. I I I think I replied to him and was like, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, it was so funny, uh, and. When when I'd done my workout, everything, and Mark had finished the, the tennis, I said to him, Brew, we've got to go and sort me out some boxes. And Mark was like, you mean you don't have any boxes? And <laughs> I think he could relate because obviously he, he came over from South Africa and he didn't have boxes when he came over. So he must have worked that out pretty quickly. So I definitely never wore those briefs again i got i got boxes no offense to anyone who wears those briefs they they serve a purpose and i i I suppose when you're running and stuff they they help hold stuff in so they're pretty good like that um and then you know my my love of of the delorean like i said earlier led me to really enjoy uh dinky cars so i think first of all hot wheels was a type of dinky car and i I think i i I wondered what what dinky car meant but apparently it was the brand name for a range of die cast zamac zinc alloy miniature vehicles produced by meccano limited you can tell i'm reading that because i'd never have remembered all of that um they were made in england from 1934 to 1979 at a factory in bins road in liverpool Dinky toys were among the most popular die-cast vehicles ever made, predating other popular die-cast marks, including Corgi, Matchbox, Mattel's Hot Wheels, and so on. So, yeah, I got into I got into Hot Wheels, and I suppose well, loads of kids still do these. And Matchbox was the other one, and I always remember having that track, and it was the biggest treat that orange bendy plastic track. And the plastic was so lovely. It wasn't hard enough to be brittle. It was just pliable. It was a unique combination of resins and it worked so well. So it was such a treat getting that track out and, and building the, the loop and attaching it to a table and letting it drop. And my kids have, have got one and we haven't taken it out in a while to play. I think tomorrow I'm going to have to get that Hot Wheels out and do some daring tricks with it. Uh, it raises memories of um again my my cousin eugene and we we used to play a lot together and i'd go spend a lot of time at his house and he'd come back to my house and we'd have sleepovers and all sorts and we kept our dinky cars in like an an old suitcase it was like a brown a bit bigger than a four size suitcase with um brown plastic corners and lovely little clips that that came down in a keyhole if you had the little key and then a nice plastic solid plastic handle that kind of had a bit of leverage and it swung if if you let go it would knock the case and then bump back up i hope i'm describing it that correctly and then inside had a smell about it it was such a special smell i think it smelled of spilt juice um maybe like paper or stationery bit of like dampness not sure um but but those those cases were were used in the 70s before i suppose it was around the 80s and maybe around the time back to the future came out and marty mcfly wore a backpack but around the mid 80s people started wearing backpacks and didn't carry these little suitcases anymore because you know they were worried um heavy carrying those heavy cases for school would, would damage your back but then suppose people were packing backpacks full of stuff and those would get super heavy too but anyway Eugene and I would each have our own case and I remember going to Eugene's house and we played and 
he would not a lot i don't know, maybe once or twice without me knowing he would he would lift the case full of these dinky cars and just tip them on my head and they they were sore little buggers they kind of dropped down and knocked your head but not too sore so it was it was still funny and it was it was quite quite cool you know eugene would push stuff to the edge and sort of experiment which was fun and um so yeah you'd pull those cars over my head and then we'd merrily carry <laughs> carrying on carry on playing um so the other hot wheels car which i this this episode should be more about hot wheels but i knew it would it would start with a delorean which has made lovely die casts and then would bring me on to these other other models so we'll 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 include them here if you don't mind but the the hot wheels cars i've actually got a few dotted around the shed and i i've been sometimes in supermarkets like if you go into the co-op occasionally you'll see them on like a a strip like a long strip that hangs from the top of the shelf down and there's a few hooked on there and the one i'm holding now is a a dodge challenger a yellow dodge challenger so you can pick up some nice ones and then another one here which i thought was really funny is a 1982 nissan skyline again that square shape this one's in red um so yeah i still every now and then pick up a a little hot wheels car and they, they're quite cheap so if you get a model you really like looking at it, it's 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 worth it um but one of the hot wheels which i sorely miss and i don't have any left from from my childhood were, were the hot wheels crack ups and they were made in 1985 1986 and the crack ups would feature a revolving panel so when you crashed that panel would spin around and it would show like a, a simulated dent um and and it was just cool I swear. and when you put the panel back you could and you looked underneath the car so it say it was the back of the car that got dinged and you put the panel back so it's fixed and you look under and you can see like the recess you can see it's in there the dent is tucked in there and then you bash another car in and it flips around super cool loved it so much um and then another classic car I got, another dinky car, it's te- technically not dinky, it's like calling everything a Hoover, is uh, this Volvo 240 SE, which I've just picked up here. And it's got, it's quite heavy and it's got some nice front doors. The back doors don't open and the sunroof's just got like a black sticker on there. And I look underneath it and it says made in England. Isn't that nice? So it's a Volvo estate, 1979, um, made in England. And I actually had to buy that because I used to own a a Volvo 240 SE in red. And this one is a a metallic red that I've got here in in the shed. And I ended up selling that Volvo and then to to replace it in in my head or keep keep the memory going. Although I would never have forgotten about it. I, I managed to get hold of a model car of it and I also drew a little sketch which I mentioned in a, a previous episode when I was talking about recommendations about drawing stuff that you like. So I've I've got that that Volvo and, and just one of the memories I wanted to share was that uh, I had that Volvo and I had a tape deck in and it was just so cool like brown beige carpets throughout and corduroy seats and I, I decided I was going to start window cleaning. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it, that car just goes well with that job. I'm not sure. And it had a nice roof rack. 
and I piled on this this big extender ladder, not even a proper window cleaning ladder. And um, Joe is so lovely. She she hooked me up with some of her friends um, to go and clean their windows. Uh, I really just wanted to do something different from from teaching, which is something to get my mind off it. So I went over to to one of Joe's friends' houses in the Volvo, parked up, and the people weren't weren't home, which was which was fine. They said they weren't going to be in, and I put the ladder up, proceeded to climb up, and started at the top. I didn't want to start at the bottom, obviously, because drips will fall down from the top and mess up the bottom window. So I climbed up this ladder and um, started cleaning. It was all going well, and then. I was under like an eave of the roof. It was kind of a funny setup, hard to describe. It was a flat roof section, then a like a six foot wall, and then the roof came down at an angle. And I was underneath there doing a window, and I had my beanie hat on. And it was it was cold winter, and it's also quite good because my hair is kind of floppy, and I didn't want it falling into my eyes all the time. I have to keep moving out the way, so I was, I was cleaning the window, and then I stood up suddenly and twanged my head on the edge of like a soffit or something and it really hurt it was like I got this this as soon as I hit it and I'm like oh this is bad and then I felt up on my head and my beanie hat was wet on the point where it had where my head had struck the the soffit or the eaves or I don't even know what the technical term of it is called and there was blood seeping through so I kind of I kept the hat on and got down off the roof, uh, phoned Joe, and I said, yeah, I've, I've hurt myself. And Joe was, of course, worried and said, I'll come and get you, don't drive. And I was insistent as usual, and I, I drove back. It was literally just down the road, a two-minute drive, not far at all. And I got home, and I had to go to some A&E and get some tape put on because there's a big old gash. But that was that was one of the memories of the Volvo. I had, I'd had too many, and I'm sure... Lots of people have memories about cars, and I suppose cars give us our kind of freedom. They get us moving, uh, or vehicles, wheels, you know, get us along. And everyone's got a story to tell about a vehicle, I'm sure. So another one was uh, micro machines, and that's perhaps I need to save that for another episode. Yeah, I've got, I've got a load of little micro machines. I've got a lovely little Mercedes Benz right here. It looks like a a sports version coupe. Um, such an, a, a nice little scale. They're so small, so so cool. Um, and the other thing about these these cars, I wanted to share is that my mate Rog, who who did the the theme tune, he's got a lovely collection of toys and bits and pieces and film memorabilia. And he, I remember him buying a a Lotus, the the Lotus Esprit S one, as a as a model car, um, and it's from the nineteen seventy seven James Bond film, The Spy Loved Me, and it's a, a white Lotus. And I remember going underwater in the film, and and Rog got it in a in a bit of a state, and he he painted it up with a little fine brush with some nice white enamel paint, which is. And it, it it looks good. It, he did a great restoration job on it. So those are my memories and my stories. It all started off with the DeLorean. And it took me all the way to Roger's little Lotus Esprit. So the next section we of this podcast is just a little bit of history about the DeLorean. So I thought it would be good to, 
to learn some stuff as we go along. So um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read most of this. So I hope you don't mind. Um, the DMC DeLorean, often referred to as the DeLorean, is a sports car manufactured by John DeLorean's DeLorean Motor Company. So it's not corporation. Earlier I said corporation, but it's company. So DMC for the American market from 1981 to 1983. The car was designed by Giorgetto Gilgiaro and stood out for its gullwing doors and brushed stainless steel outer body panels. It became widely known for its disappointing lack of power and performance, which did not match the expectations created by its looks and price tag. But it is memorable for its appearance as the time machine in Back to the Future media franchise after 1985 I just had a quick sip of water there you could hear the bottle like hear that (laughs) it's like a cycling water bottle and it just squeaks a bit after you use it so throughout the production the car was generally unchanged um, although minor revisions were made to such parts as the hood and wheels the first production car was completed on January the 21st, 1981, about 9,000 DeLoreans were made before production halted in late December 1982, shortly after DMC had filed for bankruptcy. Um, a few things that stood out from there was the that the it had poor power and performance, which the car itself looks like the most powerful, strongest thing ever, and especially that it can go back to the future. Um, it must have been super powerful, reach 88 miles an hour. I, I, I suppose it needed that with assistance each time. But yeah, that, that, that stood out a lot. And then the fact that they only made 9,000, 9,000 DeLoreans, that's, that's not many at all. Um, and yeah, the production halted in 1982. And actually when there was recently, I say recently, not too long ago, maybe two, three years ago, there was a Back to the Future uh reun- not reunion I can't believe I can't remember this word uh trip so after like anniversary that's it so 30 year anniversary or something like that 30 years and there was a, a competition to win a DeLorean a fully restored DeLorean and I, I entered that competition and for for the couple of months before the draw I actually thought I was going to win it I had this dream that I was going to win it and I could picture it in the drive you know imagine me pulling up in the drive with this DeLorean it would have it would have just been incredible so much fun but alas I didn't win it I I don't know who won it I haven't seen one of those cars in ages I'd love to see one on the road I'd freak out I'd love it so much so that's the news section finished and we move on that's not the news section finished we're going on to the news section that's the history of the 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 item that section's done so we're going to go into the news section and i found this recently in news we at what's the 6th of may now or the 7th and maybe the 6th or the 7th let me look i look on the calendar it's the 7th um so a few days ago the 4th of may was technically star wars day um that may the 4th thing i spoke about that in in the news about disney taking rights to that people using it as a hashtag however that works but that that'll pass but now this bit of news is i found it in on a website called toink.com t t o y n k.com and they are star wars tiki mugs 
and the ones you can get so a tiki mug is a cocktail mug it looks like it's it's crafted out of some kind of glazed porcelain with with lovely kind of pacific tropical features they they just pretty cool and I suppose people use them in tiki bars but you could use them anyway preferably in warm weather but then again you could probably have a cocktail out of your tiki mug in the snow that would be fun so the two that i looked at the star wars um special star wars day mugs tiki mugs with a uh, rancor with Ula and Ula if you remember is the slave dancer in Jabba the Hutt's palace she's got those like big tubes that narrow down from her head she's got two of those and she's she's dancing around um, and so yeah Ula comes as a mini muglet next to the the rancor one and the rancor is that big monster that Luke has to fight off so and the rancor is like a in the tiki mug it's a it's a kind of a browny reddish brown color and Ula is a, a lime green color and Ula, uh, Rancor actually can hold Ula there so so Ula must be like a shot a shot glass size and the other one so that one is $74 I didn't bother working out in pounds I, I don't know you'll probably be able to find one if you really wanted to spend that much on a tiki mug and there's also the the Jabba the Hutt one they call them geeky tikis, uh, Star Wars geeks, I guess, in reference to that. And it's got Bib Fortuna muglet with that. And Bib Fortuna's got some cool little red eyes. And he's also smaller. He's he's like the shot, gar- shot glass size. Um, so, yeah, that that's in the news. That's the toy news. I guess it's not a news flash, but for people who like bits and bobs, that's one of the newest bits and bobs that has come out. And move on to the recommendations portion of the podcast and i think roger's going to be sorting out some snippets to go in the changes so that will sound nice when when that's that's in there so so the sound would come now and then we're going to recommendations um yeah and, and my recommendation for today is making a bouncy ball using elastic bands and this is something i did I've done a number of times when I was a kid and when I was older and I think when I was teaching I was developing one on my desk as the days went by and it's just such a, a sort of rewarding treat it's like good things come to those who wait and over time it just builds up and builds up and when you haven't looked at it in a while you look at it and go, oh that's that's coming on a bit and yeah just every time you get an elastic band you start off by like tying one into a few knots tying it itself into knots and then just wrapping elastic bands around and I've got I've currently got one it's it is just a bit bigger than a golf ball and it is it's starting to take a nice shape and every time I go for a walk so during this lockdown thing we we get to go out on a a walk family walk or exercise or we we, we tend to go on a family walk and and um, there's always a rubber band on the floor if not more one maybe two three four and the postman will will have a stack of letters wrapped and i've seen them do it wrapped in with an elastic band around and as the postman or post lady walks along and opens that pack of letters he just like lets the elastic band drop so you'll find a few scattered around so try it if you're on your lunch break see if you can find any and I think the best ones are the ones where you don't go out and buy a massive box of rubber bands. You you collect them over time, and we get uh, 
this this veg box and the asparagus comes with the blue elastic band wrapped around and I, I take those off and use them so it's it's nice to get a bit of color speckled through the elastic band ball um, and then I looked up the the world record I wanted to know what the biggest bouncy ball in <laughs> the biggest elastic band bouncy ball is and it it's quite confusing because I think the record's been broken but then the, the article I read went back and said that original person was still the record holder after saying that someone else made one bigger uh, I'd have to check the Guinness World Book of Records um, but in 2008 a man named Joel Wall earned the Guinness World Record for having made the world's largest rubber band ball Wall named it Megaton and it stands 6 feet 7 inches tall, 6 feet 7 inches tall with a circumference of 26 feet and Megaton weighs 9,032 pounds it's made of 730,000 rubber bands so I think I've already gone wrong. I haven't even counted how many rubber bands on mine. So if you if you really like numbers and stuff, it should be quite fun. You could you could count the, how many bands you put on. I don't know where you'd record it. Maybe tap something in the notes on your phone. That that could become quite tedious because even the ball I've got has got loads on. So it would be a lot of counting. So that brings us to the end of tonight's episode and once again I've thoroughly enjoyed sharing it with you um, it's been a pleasure I've I've enjoyed sitting here have it feels like I'm having a chat and people are responding really positively and supportively and um, helping me to to feel confident to go on and and do more of these um, I, and I hope it I hope it helps you and I hope you enjoy it and I was going to play the the outro tune for for you as as we leave so the outro tune would have been the same as the the intro one unfortunately I deleted it off my notes in that panic when it when it came up during the show and the other version is trapped somewhere else I could find it quickly but it, it means you'd have to wait so I've got something from the last one which you might enjoy which I can't get enough of. Good night. Thank you very much. See you next time.